What's up, nerds? Thank you again for tuning in to the Nerds Who Live podcast. So believe it or not, this episode is episode one of season two. That's right. Uh, Second season. I really don't know how podcast seasons work, but we ran into about 10 episodes up until this one, and I felt like that was a pretty good marker to uh, segment a season. And uh, kind of give a little bit of break. So if you've been tuning in regularly, we've had a lot of great guests. And I just had them rolling out, rolling out. And then finally, kind of when I hit that that peak and I had a little bit of break in between scheduling my next guests, I figured it'd be a good time to kind of let everything breathe, take a second, and appreciate. And also, you know, reevaluate and see where what I had learned up into this process uh, the different feedback that I got from everybody, um, and really just look at how far we've come. And uh, uh, it's it's pretty cool. It's pretty exciting. So I thought that we're going to be doing 10 episodes a season. It's kind of what I've decided. I thought it's a pretty good structure, and I'll be able to hopefully use that structure to build some new formats and some new things, new segments for all of y'all and all of the information that can come henceforth. So again, as always, I am your host, Nicholas Anderson. This is the Nerds Who Live podcast, season two. And I'm really excited about that. If this is somehow the first episode that you're joining us and you're coming in at the new season, the Nerds Who Live podcast is for the nerdy, geeky, and the socially awkward who wish to be strong. And we've been adhering to that because we were trying to bridge the two cultures of just those things, nerdisms of all kinds, and fitness. Now, I am a powerlifter, as most of you know, and for those of you who don't, but I'm a lover of all fitness practices, and I've actually done a little bit of everything. I've been in martial arts. I've been, obviously, in strength sports, uh, not just powerlifting, but kettlebell sport, which is also called soft style kettlebell, as well as I've trained in hard style calisthenics, uh, club bells, you know, you name it, I've probably done it. Um, And it is definitely one of my great passions because I do believe that movement is a type of medicine as well as movement is meditation. And getting stronger is never a weakness, as the old saying goes. Strength is never a weakness. So I really don't know how people can go through life and never wish to better themselves or get stronger. It's something that always really boggles my mind. So, moving forward, this is the first solo episode since episode one of season one that I've had going on, and I want to take this time to, again, kind of look back and take stock, as well as address some stuff uh, that we have learned from season one, and hopefully set the precedent for season two. So, going forward, let's see what we've learned. Okay, so what we've learned in the past with season one, with all of the awesome guests that we've had, uh, you know, a big motif that you will find 
in all these guests who did not talk to each other, who I interviewed individually at their own times, is always consistency. So from episode two, where we had Mr. Tim from Ritual, we talked about creating a ritual of strength. And then when we talk on episode three with Mr. Jordan Jarrell, it was about making a plan and sticking to it. When we talked on episode four with Angelo Fortino, it was about consistency. Uh, with Bama Burr, that championship mindset episode with Best in the World, she talked about having the discipline, making a plan, also sticking to it, making lists. And then, you know, it just went on from there. Uh, we talked about with Jeremy Flex of Flex Comics, he talked about, you know, grinding and putting forth and being really honest with whatever you want and just putting that work in. Uh, we'd had that with the mental tenacity, challenging yourself for what you want with Johnny Horror Show. We looked at with, you know, our homie and co-host Jordan Bryson about always just being persistent and on that hustle. And then with Mr. Rob Hall, World Breaker Savage, it was about sticking on programming, giving things time, and always putting in that extra effort. And so that was a constant motif that you would see throughout the interview of all these really high-level athletes. So, ding, ding. If there's a parallel piece of advice that you're getting from really high-level athletes, that's probably a good indicator that you should be listening to that. Because that's something that's independently and I don't want to say anecdotally, because it is an anecdote, but really it's you know it's their lives. It's independently showing itself to be something true. So consistency, it really comes down to that. And also having the courage to want to make the changes that you need to be able to move forward and take those steps and make the plan of action. Uh, for those. So moving forward, you know, in the very first episode, we talked about the title of the episode was creating your own origin story. It was really like how to get started. So it was about taking stock of what you have and what your goals are, um, and then finding ways to implement them. So finding a program and then, you know, your diet and your goals. And then of course, just like we just spoke about with all of those interviews about that consistency and staying with those programs and staying with those plants and really just putting in the extra effort to get better and better. So what do you do next? So for the first episode of season two, I thought that creating your own origin story, volume two, would be a very fitting kickoff to this new season. So now that we have that big backstory you know, um, you know, let's look at that. So what do you expect? So let's say you have been putting in that consistency. You've created that ritual of strength. You have that program and that plan for any part of your fitness, whether it be powerlifting, kettlebell sport, triathlon training, weightlifting. You know, what, what do you start to expect? Because obviously, you know, we hear about origin stories, but an origin story isn't just how you begin. It's... Also, what do you encounter? Once you get things started, what is the, in, the interim? I think that's something very important. Uh, when you plant a seed, it doesn't just go from seed in the soil straight to the plant. You know, it has its budding stage, its, its middle stage. And 
So maybe that's a very appropriate thing to think about is what is your budding stage? And one of the biggest things that I see uh, when I've trained people, also for myself and other people that I've trained with, is that progress is not linear. So non-linear progress is something that you have to really face and accept. Because if you are going to go into something, and even if you make great gains at first, but then you're looking back and you're trying to think to yourself, all right, in six months, I'm going to be here. X, Y, and Z. I'm going to be lifting this much. I'm going to be at this level. That's probably not true. If you're looking back at yourself and, and you say, well, this person was able to achieve you know, this goal and this timeline, this time frame, I'm going to try to do that. That's not necessarily bad as like a, a way to gauge, but you can't always hold yourself to that. It's really important to know that your progress is your progress. You are you. You are nobody else. So use it as a general outline, sure. Nothing wrong with that. But be realistic and don't allow that kind of mental pressure to start negatively affecting your progress. So what do we mean by nonlinear progress also is that you may make great gains, let's say, in the weight that you're lifting. So let's say you in three months went from squatting 185 pounds to squatting 250 pounds, which is actually really great progress. But you start getting stuck. So and let's say that it's a one rep, a one rep max. That you went from 185 to 250 in about three months of your, say, six-month training. Um, and you do that pretty consistently, but now after three months, uh, you haven't been able to break it. So you'd have to start looking at the other factors, the other metrics, you know, a metric being a, a value of measurement of progress or quantifying progress that you can start to measure that. So you maybe have to go back and look at your programming and, and start looking at different little goals that can build, you know, if one if your new one rep max is 250, then you have to be like, okay, I know I did good. I haven't been able to break it. So let's see what I can do. So maybe you start making rep maxes for yourself. You know, I want to be able to hit my old one rep max for 10, let's say. Again, contingent on a program, but just as an example. And then when you can do your old 185 for 10, then you start shooting for 195 for 6. And then you start shooting for... 200 for five and then 210 for you know four and then 225 for three and then you know hopefully 235 for three and then 240 for two and then maybe eventually your one rep max 250 for two something like that there are many ways to do that um that's just a very quick general example but that's non-linear progress is that if you can't progress in that singular progressive overload, which nobody really can, and if they can, not for very long, you're going to have to start looking at the other facets of your training and see where you're improving or when you can start looking at something like that. It could even be rest times. You know, it would be progress that you go from having to take, say, three to five minute 
breaks in between your sets to be able to make two to three minutes between your sets. You know, that right there is an actual, you know, anaerobic progression because your conditioning has got better. So you're able to take less time in between sets. So when you're looking back at your training progress, every win is a win. Every PR is a PR. And sometimes it's silly if you look at a lot of powerlifters, you know, and you say, oh, it's, it's a bellless PR, it's a sleeve PR, it's a uh, SSB PR. You have all these PRs, and it may seem a little bit silly, maybe even super, superfluous, but when you're actually breaking it down, at least for somebody who's really honest and authentic with themselves, you know, that's just a way to keep you motivated and keep in perspective the different ways that you're improving because it's just not going to be one way. And, you know, I think I heard Joe Sullivan, who's an amazing powerlifter, mention that he's been stuck on his deadlift PR for, I think it was like three or four years. So he's been stuck with the same deadlift PR for three to four years, but he's still training. And I bet you he has, I mean, it depends on his level, but he has, I'm sure, very multiple other variation deadlift PRs that have improved since and he's going to continue working on that will eventually build and he will eventually break that old PR. And I think he's due. It's bound to happen because he's a monster. So if you ever listen to this, Joe, looking forward to seeing that and I'm rooting for you. You know, but that we all will hit that. So I think it's a really important thing to keep in mind nonlinear progress is still progress. And to discount that because it doesn't fit the easy perception of progress of just the easy stepping stone of, oh, I can lift more weight. It's a disservice. And honestly, it puts a lot of pressure on you. Uh, and it's not good for your mental health. It's not good to, you know, and everybody knows this, that comparing yourself to somebody else in a negative way is a one-way trip to some misery. You know, I know... Friends, guys and girls of different body types compare their progress and their body type and their aesthetics to somebody of a completely genetic makeup. And it drives them crazy. Like I just see their wheels turning and they are put so much pressure on themselves and it's so adverse that they can't even enjoy their, you know, their training and actually get what they can out of it because there's just no way that they can genetically look like this person that they're basing off of. And I know it's frustrating, um, you know, especially if you like the way somebody, you know, aesthetically looks. You know, it's that old uh, back and forth. If you have curly hair, you like straight hair. If you like straight hair, or if you have straight hair, you end up liking, so you want curly hair. And we always want what we don't have. And I think it's important to always keep in perspective what you do have. And if you like something that you don't have, Find out why you like what you don't have and figure out what are ways that you can perhaps still achieve and satisfy those wants in ways that is actually tangible within your grasp. I know that's slightly abstract and that's a little bit, you know, more in a philosophical sense and, and having to really have to put some self-reflection on. But honestly, fitness is self-reflection. You know, you are, yes, you're working on your body, your aesthetics, and your health. But 
I think true fitness is just a physical manifestation of how we see and feel about ourselves. So again, I'm going to say that one more time. True fitness and health is a physical manifestation of how we see and feel about ourselves. Just my opinion. Others may disagree. But for me, at least it's true. When I feel strong, I feel good about myself. Um, and when I feel good about myself, I train better. And when I train better, I, you know, I'm happy with myself. I'm kinder and I love myself more. And that whole cycle will kind of continue. It doesn't even mean that I don't want to keep progressing or that I'm complacent. Because I, I like that feeling. Whenever I achieve that, I want to do that again. It's not done. That's what's great about hitting a PR. You feel great about hitting a PR, but once you get it, you're like, oh, I want to, I want that again. You know, it's a bit of a, that's why it's a bug. That iron bug is there's nothing greater than hitting a lifetime PR. But then that PR is no longer PR once you've done it. Once you hit, you know, pull 400 deadlift for the first time, you want to, you know, 405, sorry, four plates. You want to do that again. You want to go, I, like, I just did 405, four plates. I want to do five, you know, I want to do five plates on each side now, which is 495. You want to work up to that, you know, and that's a huge jump, but th that old, once that ceiling breaks, you want to break it again. And it's important to understand the process is the most important part. The old cliche, the destination is not as important as the journey. And I wholeheartedly believe that that's true. I think what's important is the how. How you go about something means more than the results. And a great example that I've used when I've explained this to somebody else is that if you ever have gone to a meet and you see somebody go for a lift and they don't get it, but they tried and they just grinded, they fucking grinded and put every piece of themselves into it and they couldn't get it. Nobody feels sad for that person in terms of like pity. You feel bad they didn't get it, but you are so happy for them that they tried like that. When you see them just grind and they just, they put everything on the line, they just didn't get it this time. You're like, oh, fuck, they didn't get it this time. But you just saw the kind of heart they put it in. It, it hypes, it inspires you. It hypes you up. And of course, you can't wait for them to be like come back and like, oh, I want them to get it next time. I know they'll get it next time. I can see how much they put into it. And I can use myself as, a, as an example. I passed out on my third attempt on my last meet for my deadlift. And everybody gave me a high five. So I was the lightest person in my division. I was in last place. And I was the only one who passed out. But everybody hugged me, gave me a high five, told me I did a good job because they knew I put everything into it. And that's what it really comes down to. Putting everything you have into something. And then the results won't matter. Because the person who puts... When I say the results don't matter, it's that I believe that the results don't matter as much as how. Because again, the person who puts everything into a lift that they fail still inspires somebody. A person who puts everything they have into a lift that they get 
still inspire somebody. So really, either way, the you know how becomes more important because if you authentically give everything you have to it, you authentically and honestly train as hard as you could for that moment, but it just wasn't there. That's okay. People still they see that, and then they can't help but but cheer and be happy, and then they can't wait for you to get it. And then if you do get it, people are just like, "Damn." You earned that. You grind for it. You earned every inch of it, and you didn't give up. So either way, people are inspired, and people are in your corner. So the how becomes even more important than the result. The result will take care of itself. Because, I mean, it's true. It's a binary thing. You either get it or you don't. But it's how. And how is the context that people will remember, you know? Because you've seen, we've seen people also get stuff that's, they get they get a big lift. And at least for me, I think there's sometimes they're a little empty. Um, where it's like, cool, you got it. And almost like expected, you know, or, oh, they didn't get it. I don't know, but when you don't see them like try as hard, and you're just like, ah, okay. You know, maybe they sandbagged it. You know, they got the lift, but it like seemed easy. So it's like, okay, so you went a little easy. You know, or maybe you're playing it safe, you know, or they don't get it. Um, they started and they got like to their knees and they just kind of stopped and they're like, nope, wasn't there. It's like, okay, well, that's a bummer. Kind of maybe gave up a little bit too easy. Um, so, and that's sometimes that's, that's the situation. So it's important to know that that's, that's always what it's going to be. You know, it's going to be one of the, one of the other. So how you do something always be important that leads into the next point uh something that we talked about on episode nine with johnny horror of the johnny horror show was mental tenacity and challenging yourself you have to challenge yourself so if you're now into this bud budding portion of your origin story where you've started and now you recognize non-linear progress and you start taking stock of that the other remedy for nonlinear progress comes down to you need more catalyst. Now catalysts are those things that really push you past your limits, that really give you a new experience. And those new experiences are what can help push you to that next level and take that next step. So other than just acknowledging your nonlinear progress and you know, like we mentioned earlier, those other things that you can do to measure different metrics. Challenging yourself for the how, you know, how are you going to do something? You need something to, you know, to aim that on. So challenging yourself could be finding competitions. You know, there's never a right time to start. Some people want to get, you know, to get to a certain total or they want to, I want to be hitting these numbers before I go and compete. All right. One thing that needs to be accepted in any competition is that competitions are their own skill. And when you start looking at any competition, so again, using powerlifting, there are timing of flights, there are commands for the lifts, uh, the rules and the regulations, what you have to wear, how you wear them, all these things come into play. So they really are their own skill. So if you're trying to think to yourself, oh, once I hit these certain numbers, I can go compete and I'll be fine. 
Uh, you may not be. <laughs> you may not be at all. Because once you get there, it's not like the gym. You know, that could be a whole other process that you weren't prepared for. So just because your numbers in the gym are there doesn't mean that's what comes out on the platform. So competitions are their own skill. And skills need to be refined and honed and learned from just as much as the skill underneath the barbell of the actual lifts. And even if it's not powerlifting, you can look at, you know, triathlons. You can train for a triathlon all by yourself, but what happens when you are now doing a triathlon with the 50 or other 100 people in the, in the same water on the same bike path or whatever it may be? So looking at what kind of catalyst can you give yourself? Competitions are always a great primary one to do. Start learning the skill of competition, honestly, early. Once you have a good foundation for yourself, that foundational strength, there's no reason for you not to start. You know, start trying, you know, because when you do go to those competitions, you will meet other people who are just as interested in that sport as you are. And then once you start becoming friends with those people, you've now built a community, which brings us to the second part of the catalyst portion is surround yourself with people who also do what you do. Even more so, surround yourself with people who are better at it than you. The old saying is, you're the smartest or the strongest person in the room, you need to find a new room. Constantly be putting yourself in a room where you are not the strongest person. You will learn from them. They become a resource for you. You will be able to start picking their brain, seeing what they do in real time and in live action. Real-time help and real-time feedback is an invaluable asset for yourself. If you could really... Put yourself in a position to have that on a regular basis, you will improve immensely in a very short amount of time because that information and that skill and that feedback becomes very distilled and very potent. And when you start applying that to your training and to what you're doing, you have yourself a, a cocktail of progress. And then that's what's really gonna start breaking that bad cycle of nonlinear progress you know nonlinear progress isn't bad but if you were stuck in a rut that catalyst can really start help pulling you out of yourself um you know people see different things and of course you know you always you know at the end of the day it's still you doing your training you can't rely on other people but having that there as an extra asset is huge so Find those competitions. And even if you maybe don't start going to competitions right away to compete, go to them to watch. Go to them to help out, learn. You'll still meet people and still make friends that way. And you can still be able to and you can still be able to make that community and use them as that resource and you know build yourself a nice tribe of a support system. That's really what it is, that tribe, that support system that will really help you learn and improve on expedited rate. So it's something that really shouldn't be taken for granted. So challenge yourself. Go compete. Go to competitions. Be involved. And then build a tribe and train with the best. Find the best. Train with the best. You know, also go to workshops or seminars. 
So workshops and seminars are my favorite to go to. I've seen people make gains and you know progress in a day or a couple days worth of workshops than they have in months. Just because now you're working with somebody, whoever is running that workshop, who's at a high level, but then also around other people. So you get to see how they interact with that person. You can see them being worked on. It's just the amount of shared information and knowledge and focus that goes into that experience. The energy of those becomes so just, I want to say, magnetic, just enriching, uh, forceful, impactful that it really pulls a, something special out of people and they're really able to make a lot of breakthroughs. So if you have like a chance to go to Bama Burr's Championship Mindset Seminars, oh, I bet you'll walk away a new person. If you're able to go to Garrett Fears, uh, I know Garrett Fear and Chris Bridgeford do Powerlifting 101 Seminars, you'll even if you're not a new powerlifter, but you go and work with those two guys who are monsters, you're going to walk away a different lifter than when you walked in. Um, if you ever get to work with, you know, hands-on with an awesome coach like my coach, Scott Miller, being right there and they can see you in real time with their eyes and be able to tweak you, yeah, you're going to walk away with so much to chew on and so much to learn and continually work on that at the end of it, you're going to be, again, uh, not the same lifter who started. And that is worth its weight. So, nonlinear progress isn't bad, but it is real. But it's part of it because it forces you to be creative and have ingenuity to not just depend on one metric of your of your training for progress. It'll force you to challenge yourself, and the catalysts of challenging yourself, you know, competition, a tribe, and then specialized events. It's really, you know, it's really those three things. So comp compete, those competitions, which also is an event. Surround yourself with a tribe, people who will push you, pull the best out of you and challenge you. And then specialized events like workshops where, again, in heightened hyper-focus and experience with high-level people to be able to pull, you know, that magic out of you. So that's what we've got for you today in terms of, you know, volume two of creating your own origin story. Um, all right, but moving on, before we sign off, I want to introduce a new section to my nerds, and that is hype music. I'm going to start asking all of our guests their favorite hype music and so they can share with it with you, you know, some of their what's inspiring them in the gym. If you haven't seen it already on Spotify, we have the Nerds Who Live podcast hype music playlist. So go ahead and follow that. Play it. It is curated by picks from all the people we've interviewed up until this point. And again, we're going to keep on adding to it. So if you have any suggestions for hype music, please always send them in. Any really good submissions will be added to the playlist. The next thing is shirts. I've had a few people who have you know, asked about the shirts, and I've shared a mock-up that we have for the shirts that we eventually want to do, but that shit is expensive. So if it is something that you would be interested in, please DM, DM us on the Instas and let us know, because if we have enough requests and inquiries for it, maybe we can do a pre-order. 
And then with that pre-order, we'd be able to raise the funds, get them ordered, and then get them to you, which would be something awesome. Lastly, but not least, a shout out to the sponsors, Viking Performance Chalk, making the best chalk for lifting heavy shit, Kelvin Illustrations, who did our amazing logo, the Johnny Horror Show on YouTube for always being a great support, and everybody, all of you guys who have been listening and you know who really like the show. Um, I really just enjoy doing this. It's fun for me. I really love talking nerdisms and fitness. Um, I know it's been a lot of fitness and not as much on the nerdism side. Uh, I know with Mr. Jeremy Flex and with Rob Hall, we got to get a little bit more nerdy. And I promise you we will. Um, but, you know, it's, you know, these are the things we're passionate about. And I just want to share it with you all. And it's fun. So even if nobody's listening, I'll probably just keep on doing it. So I appreciate those of you who do listen. So that's what we got for today. On the next episode of the Nerds Who Live podcast, we're going to have Alexis Fay, an awesome powerlifter out of Florida. She just won Best Lifter at her last meet at Rockwell Barbell up in Chicago. We're going to be talking to her about her meet recap, how she got started in lifting, her nerdisms, and just any other thing that we can speak of. Um, She's awesome. She's hilarious. I love speaking with her. So I know it's going to be a great interview and a great first guest to kick off season two. So once again, I'm your host, Nicholas Anderson. Thank you for tuning in to the Nerds Who Live podcast. Oh, 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 oh,